The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles, with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. A pursuit, a lost cause, and seeing a familiar face. Season four of Star Trek Discovery is in full stride, and this week, in addition to working on figuring out how to deal with the big anomaly, you know, the one that kind of threatens all life in the galaxy, Burnham is reunited with her mother to track down a killer, while at the same time trying to prevent a political disaster between the Federation, the Navarre, and the Coat Milat. Set a course for the 32nd century, everyone. In for Dan Davidson, my name is Bill Smith, and we are Discovering Trek. Welcome, one and all, to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Dan is off this week as he and his family enjoy some much-needed time off down in Orlando, Florida, so we'll do our best here to carry on in his stead. You know, it hasn't been all that long since the burn, and even when the Federation is giving away dilithium, chances are someone's going to show up and try to take it without asking. That happens this week, and while someone pays for that with their life. All kinds of things are happening in this week's episode, Choose to Live, from family reunions to Romulan warrior ninja nuns, better known as the Coat Milat, and even Burnham and Tilly discovering and saving a completely new alien race. That's a lot. I'm glad I don't have to do this to- alone, that's for sure. I am relieved to have my trusted co-host to help me break down this week's episode. He may only be three time zones away. But looking at him, you'd swear he was one of the people who played Doctor Who in the 1970s with that hair. It's Casey Shafsky. Hey, Casey. Hey, hey, hey. hey everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say you played Michael Jackson. I said you played Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a, an attempt at a BG. Long lost <laughs> fifth brother. <laughs> yeah, you are staying alive. And also, you know, I've done the math. And I'm pretty sure that this person does more podcasts on this very network than I do. Her takeover, her takeover of the network is slowly taking shape. But Sarah, welcome back, Sarah. Oh, no. <laughs> Hi. It's good to be here. <laughs> you, you've been out. found out. <laughs> I've been, darn it all. <laughs> I was trying to sleek in like a cat, but I'm more like my dog after too many cookies. It's kind of Kool-Aid manning my way into the network. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Here come Sarah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say let's fly, but uh, I think oh, yeah is a much better vein <laughs> oh, yeah. to, to start <laughs> off with. Black alert. Black alert. So from here on in, this episode of Discovering Trek contains spoilers. So if you haven't watched episode three of Star Trek Discovery season four, stop listening right now. That's right now, Casey. Go on over to Paramount Plus or wherever you happen to watch Discovery, watch the latest episode, and then come on back here to Discovering Trek. Failure to do that puts you at risk to find out plot developments and character details for Choose to Live. Episode 403 of Star Trek Discovery Choose to Live is written by Terry Hughes Burton and directed by Christopher J. Byrne. Burnham and Tilly hunt the killer of a Starfleet officer as Stamets and the science team race against the clock to prevent the anomaly from killing anyone else. Originally released on December 2nd, 2021, it is the third episode of Star Trek Discovery's fourth season. Trainees, to the briefing room. 
Guys, as we gather here in the briefing room to sort of start our discussion for this week's episode, let's get your high-level reactions for you. Was it a thumbs up or thumbs down and, uh, and why? Sarah, we'll start with you. I give it an unenthusiastic thumb, thumb up, one thumb. It was not my favorite episode this season, but I really did enjoy the Tilly storyline and her moments with so many of the characters on the show, especially Saru. I can appreciate that. Casey, what, what say you, sir? Um, I, Siskel, and Ebert did this with uh, two thumbs up. I thought each storyline could have been an A story plot line for an entire episode. And uh, Navarre society really intrigues me. I can appreciate that too. I, I have a lot of questions since they've, they're no longer Vulcan and kind of how that whole dynamic mm-hmm. works. Um, this one for me really just kind of ekes over the line into thumbs up territory. I appreciate some of the character work here, but largely the A story in this episode just doesn't work for me. Um, I think it just, it, it resolves way too quickly and way too conveniently. And, uh, and Dan did bother to let us know that he gives this one just barely a thumbs up. There was some good stuff, uh, but the whole new alien species thing and saving them, not uh, knowing how their technology worked fast enough just to save them all was a little bit too much for him. That's exactly kind of where I'm thinking. So, uh, so let's, let's break this down a little further. Um, I, I'm going to say that it's sort of to kick it off. Um, I, the one really positive thing about this episode is I think it strikes a very good balance between the serialized storytelling that discovery has been known for and some very standalone stories, you know, without the continued uh, storyline of, of book and, uh, and, and the dark matter anomaly, this really exists as a standalone episode, the way they blended this together, it felt to me like a deep space nine episode. And I think that's probably the highest compliment I can give it Casey. I, I hear you. Most definitely. This was a, uh, <sighs> this was an episode where how I, talked about briefly earlier i i thought each storyline could have been something that carried an individual episode and been done in more depth and might have made certain things a little more believable you know very trek for me of hey aliens that we've never met before but i happen to have the usb drive and i'll just stick it in there and it'll work and we'll fix everything <laughs> yay we're the federation um, so yeah, it, um, you know, you, you're right. This, it almost felt like a, a gentle detour that they were doing of maybe yeah. going, oh God, we've got a whole nother really huge crisis happening again, maybe more character, a little more character development here that we can kind of ease things in. I, I don't know. It's it's an odd, odd episode for me because there's a- aspects of it I really enjoyed and identified with and other things that were just, eh, I don't buy it. You know, Sarah, you said that this episode really kind of was an unenthusiastic thumbs up. Were any one of these storylines more resonant for you than the others? Um, yeah, like I mentioned earlier briefly, it, the Tilly storyline for me has been really almost comforting to watch uh, this season. I feel like there's a lot about what she's going through that I can relate to personally. Um, you know, it's been 22 months of working from home with COVID. I'm I'm stuck in a rut. Like, I'm in a comfort yeah. zone, and I can admit that. And at the same time, though, there's a part of me that's like, 
you used to be really social. You used to want to go to the office. You used to want to be out in the world. You used to not mind the commute. Like, what's, what's the problem? Like, why are you scared? Why are you, maybe this is a sign that it's time to take a chance, maybe get out of the comfort zone. So to see her going through something like that on the show where she's, you know, interacting with different people saying, I'm trying something new and I, I've, I've got to push myself and now is the time to do it. I just... I'm really enjoying that. I really relate to that. And I feel like I haven't seen that in a lot of shows as of late. Just this kind of self-discovery in a in an innocent way, but not so innocent. Because people can find themselves in a situation like that for years. Like, like years. <laughs> and then be like, I missed my chance, right? So, right. yeah, I find well, that a great storyline. No, I, I have to agree with you there. I'm going to talk a little bit about that later on. But I can absolutely appreciate what that transcends for us as our experience today mm -hmm. you know i can appreciate that tilly storyline greatly although i gotta admit the more time goes on um i i understand stanley in the office more and more every day mm -hmm. <laughs> i just want to sit there and do my crossword puzzles yep. and just be left the hell alone if i don't um, get some cake soon i might die i mean i say that all the time mm, <laughs> like it's true. a pretzel day oh um, yeah. i love a pretzel day pretzel day yeah it's true. The, the Office podcast coming from the Trek Geeks podcast <laughs> network in 2030. Um, Casey, I, I get the sense that you're kind of identifying with book in this episode. C completely. It's, you know, seeing that whole uh, family situation, the brother, the nephew, all of that. It's like, you know, book, he, he's got this just deep need, desire to be part of a solution and willing to do whatever he can do to be of assistance because at the moment he's pretty powerless and mm. just like, you know, with this sense of guilt with what did I, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? And, you know, the barrage of self-questioning of what ifs, you know, that can be all consuming to people. And I, you know, I'm a parent. I'm an uncle, I'm a grandfather. And that whole book storyline, you know, having someone know that you love them is the deepest thing ever. And, you know, book achieves that in, in this episode. I mean, recently, our grandkids came back from a little trip and Grammy got a running hug from our three-year-old <laughs> granddaughter. And I didn't get one. And I was like... Oh man! And then yesterday we went over to do some Christmassy stuff and help them pick out a tree and all this stuff. And I I got the running hug from inside the house. She's all just scramps, scramps, and came through. And I was like, when you when somebody knows that you love them through not just your words but through your actions. Ah, oh, I'm gonna tear up. It just it fulfills you. It makes you. And it's just with that book storyline. And that's probably part why I give it a little more enthusiastic thumbs up than other of y'all. But I, I was like, oh, yeah, I felt that. Okay, I get it. And I was a little really emotionally wrapped up in this episode. Yeah. And I think David Ajala is really doing an amazing job oh, of what they're giving God. him to do this season. I mean, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Last season, he was fantastic. This season, I really feel like he's leveled up even more. And is is really putting on almost a clinic. Um, I, I've I've seen his scenes, and I, I feel what he feels. 
And I, it's, I mean, this is, this is some really great Star Trek that we're seeing. Um, I, I feel, I feel grateful to, to be able to watch it because I mean, you know, there are some dog episodes in, in Star Trek's past, but, um, I think that what we're getting treated to now really is just amazing stuff. Um, I want to mm-hmm. pivot here for a second and talk about the gray and Adira storyline. Cause I think we probably all have some thoughts on it. Uh, I'll start and say for me, the golem is a little too bonk bonk on the head. Um, for me, I, mm-hmm. I get, it's a very convenient plot device. We just barely did it in Picard season one. You know, we transferred one of the all time major characters into one of those things. And now all of a sudden, Oh, Hey, 800 some odd years later, let's do it. We found this, we found the this technology, technology in our records. It's amazing. Nobody's used it since. Um, it's just, it was, it was a little too clear cut. Yes. I am so excited that everybody on the ship can see gray. Now mm-hmm. I'm very, very pleased for what this means, not only for the character, but for the representation, for the challenges this creates for gray and Adira. I think it's all fantastic. Um, but for me, Sarah, I think it was just a little too easy. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It's it's kind of like how the episode in general with the aliens in this other storyline, it's all kind of wrapped up with the little bow yeah. at the top, a little too conveniently, which is, I mean, that it happens. We've seen it in multiple right. episodes before. My concern with the storyline is that they've really been tugging at the emotions and I think they're doing it for evil, evil reasons. And I'm just trusting my gut instinct that something's not going to last very long <laughs> in the happiness of uh, the reunion, as, in, as you see in shows oftentimes, you know, there's just this happening now can just they're going to shake it up. They're going to give them a couple of episodes, I think, and they're going to shake things up. And I don't know how they're going to do that. And I don't know in what way, but I'm just kind of preparing myself of being like, okay, like enjoy these small moments, but just brace yourself because this show, it can do anything to you. And so that's where I'm at with it. I I get the sense that uh, they're not long to be together either, because I mean, we know that Gray wants to go back to Trill and become a guardian, right, Casey? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think they've set it up. So Sarah has it perfectly down that it's like, you know, Gray Gray is finally getting to be in the body that Gray wants to be in. So, you know, a certain storyline for the show, but also for a whole portion of society of being who you truly are. And that's now happening. But yeah, it's like you're that character is training to be a guardian and as kind of we've said before the the cast is really big right now and it almost feels you know that we get this shotgun approach on certain things where things are just scattered around and i mean did we see the bridge crew at all this episode barely you know and and so um i i think this could be a you know, another pivotal moment in this series of where now now Gray has his body. And what are the choices going to be for that char- character from this point on? I don't know. I don't know either. You know, I, I think that, you know, this episode is aptly titled, even if it is a little too bonk bonk on the head. I mean, so many characters in this episode get the opportunity to choose to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, Book chooses to progress through his grief and kind of process some of that with um, with, with Tarina on Vulcan. Um, Gray chooses to inhabit the Golem. 
Tilly chooses to live her life outside of comfort zones. Uh, it, there are a lot of paths chosen in here that are not necessarily ones that our characters would have thought they'd been on at one point in their lives, but now here they are trying to make the best of it. The one part about this storyline that, that just really doesn't ring for me is the whole lost cause of the story and the aliens mm-hmm. in the, uh, in the moon, if you will. Um, it doesn't seem like the cause was all that lost and it wasn't much of a cause if Tilly and Burnham figured it out in about two minutes. So I can understand wanting to protect these beings. Um, although I'm sure that at one point they thought it was grave robbing, but, um, I don't think that this was a strong enough a story to carry this episode. I do think that there were some great developments as the result of it, particularly for Tilly, but Sarah, um, it's, uh, it's, this one just doesn't do it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because it just, I had my head was like nodding, like I almost hurt my neck, almost pulled a muscle. You know, you get older, you just you sneeze and you pull something out. But um, just that whole, you know, she had a mission to protect this species of alien, or that was the mission that she chose because they had to live. Well, how many people did you kill to make this yeah. happen? Like, this is. This is that whole, you know, a life for a life and whose is more important. And yeah, I I just, it was that whole storyline. I just didn't dig it. I really didn't. I, I, Casey, I think that I would have been better Mm -hmm. served if this had been a a lesser storyline and any one of the other two had been elevated to something greater. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, as, although I got to say, this is the most Star Trek of the storylines, if I want to call it that, Yeah, you know? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is this is where I think each one of these stories could have benefited by being in an episode where we had a strong A and B story, not ABC. Because yeah. it was it was really, you know, the whole wrap-up of when it's a whole alien culture that, you know, no one's ever seen before. It's like what what but you don't know. As someone else, we from another, you know, galaxy quest type thing. You don't know. What are you pushing buttons for? You're just walking out there. So anything they could have touched could have blown the whole thing to smithereens. And I was like, you know, I love seeing Burnham's mom back. Mm-hmm. a lot. I love all of that. But when it wraps up so fast in what a 55 minute deal. And you're one third of the story. It just it, everything seems so rushed, and it's you know it's like okay, well, how long is she going to actually hold this blade to Mama Burn Doctor Burnham's neck? You know, is is it five minutes, ten minutes? Was it an hour that Tilly was faking not being able to to fix the thing to give <laughs> you know Burnham time? I don't know. But yeah, on those things, that's where I was suspecting we wouldn't get a full-blown conclusion to each storyline in this episode, and I was wrong. Well, and, and that kind of happens, right? I mean, it, it's the nature of the storytelling. You know, I, I, in, the, in the press junkets for Star Trek Discovery Season 4, I asked, you know, Michelle Paradise, each season keeps getting bigger and, and bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, is there a point where it gets too big? And she's like, well, you know, that's, that's kind of sort of the mission of discovery is sort of Kurtzman laid it out. 
Um, this is supposed to be a, an epic series, a bold series, doing things that other ones aren't doing. And so there will always be a, a larger threat. Hmm. And I'm okay with a larger threat as long as they take the time to break the story the right way. And I, I think that this is one that that probably could have used some polish because um, some of the A story works, some of the B story works, some of the C story works. I just don't know that it works as well together cohesively. 100%. That that makes a ton of sense, and if if this is the series that's going to go for the super big bold swings, um, maybe have that known a little bit more publicly on certain things. Yeah. Like, hey, you know what we're going to do for this series? We're going to kind of emulate certain things of of like the movies because the movies always tried to top themselves, and in this one, it's um. It, it's almost like, you know, hey, we ran a sprint. You got to jog for five yards. We're running another sprint. Okay, you got your five yards again. And it's like, oh, we're, we're on our fourth two by 200 sprint here. And it's like, yeah. you know, after a while you get gassed. It's like, uh, I got nothing left. So um, if it's going to keep being these big, big swings, you know, can we handle that as an audience? I don't it know. It has to connect. If they're mm-hmm. going to swing that hard, it has to connect. Um, because otherwise, the fastball is just going to go right on by them, to use a baseball analogy. And, um, and and I think that that's when you get situations like this. Yeah, It's just barely thumbs up for a lot of people. Uh, that tells me that, okay, um, it, it's, it's probably one that could use a little more work. Um, here's hoping that next week progresses the character's and the, the overall storyline in, in a better way. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Their love of Trek can be seen in every single Star Trek pin they produce, and with over 400 pins to select from, and new pins being added every single month, you are sure to find whatever you're looking for to add to your collection. Whether it's one of the amazing Deltas from your favorite Trek series, a beloved character, or maybe even a special edition collector set, you know that Fansets pins are made with the finest quality and come with the best customer service in the industry. So head on over to fansets.com today, check out all of their amazing pins from all the different genres they represent, start by adding a bunch of pins, accessories, or even gift cards to your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter discount code word DISCOVERINGTREK for an amazing 10% off your entire order. That's Discovering Trek in all capital letters with no spaces, for 10% off your fansets.com purchase. And don't forget, if you're in the United States and spend more than $30, you're also going to get free shipping. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Of all the souls I have encountered in my travels, his was the most human. Star Trek has always been a reflection of our times, and in this segment, we'll take a look at what this episode helps us discover about humanity, or perhaps what it might even tell us about ourselves. And uh, well, since I'm here this week for the first time this season, I'm going to go first. (laughs) Ah, dealer's choice, baby. (laughs) Dealer's choice. You know, I've, I've thought about my own comfort zones a lot lately, and the past two years have created one for me right in my very own home. Sarah talked about this a bit ago. And, but I'm reaching a, 
a point where I have to start venturing out. And it's all really quite daunting to me. As someone who's had to work with the challenge of situational anxiety, the idea of re-entering the world causes its own set of concerns and things to freak out about. It seems like there are no comfort zones for anyone on board the Discovery this season either. Everyone has to adapt and learn a new world, something that we ourselves have to do here and, and now. Our crew is in this together, but their paths are all unique and different as ours are in reality. While we've all figured out how to navigate this pandemic, we've all done it very differently and in the way that works best for us. And that's really all we can do. Sarah. Um, I did not want to rewatch this episode and I admit it and I struggled to pay attention and I, I was thinking about the humanity question a lot and I was just like near the end of the episode and I was like oh man I'm gonna have to think of something to talk about and then it hit me when Michael Burnham is talking to the president at the end of the episode saying you know is there gonna be justice for the slain Starfleet officer because we found that the the woman is being returned and not really punished like we don't really know a lot of details and it just stuck with me about well, what is justice, Michael? Like, what do you, what do you mean? Is it you're wanting more? Do you want revenge? Do you want to feel better? Do you want to feel better about it? Do you want others to feel better about it? Um, how much of it is personal versus this is for the betterment of society? Um, I listen to a lot of true crime. <laughs> I studied criminology <laughs> in college. So this is something that fascinates me a lot is the topic of justice. The family of the fallen Starfleet officer deserve justice. But I couldn't help but just say, what is that going to be? Taking their life, putting them in prison, forced labor, solitary, torture. I mean, should the victims of this have some say in what justice would be? Should those that are left in the wake of tragedy and crime have more of a voice? You know, there's millions of people in prison and millions of dollars are spent on housing them for a range of crimes. And I wonder if those who are affected by those crimes feel justified or do some feel smug or victorious? What if there was no punishment because the offender was trying to do good or it was a political move? And it just really resonated with me with that, her asking that question of they deserve justice. And I was like, what does that look like? And yeah, I just, it hurt my brain by the end of it. I was like, I gotta stop. I don't know. I'm just gonna go down a deep dive here. Of, <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines justice. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> let's not go there. But it stood out to me as, as one of the big things. And I just, I'm curious to see if we hear any more about that character now and, and what happened with with her and, and the ramifications of the actions that took place. Absolutely. Casey? Well, this this season is the COVID season on Discovery. You know, we've got a devastating external threat that causes us to be introspective. And introspection of who we are, who we think we are, who we hold dear, what we hold dear, and who are we becoming as we age. In this episode, you know, I found characters thinking about and acting upon fundamental questions or truths of who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? What's my stand? And the three storylines are t tethered together in these questions. I mean, come on, on, on any day, haven't we all at some point given some type of thought to one of these questions or a version of these questions? Because we, when I think about it, it's like, you know, we're evolving every moment. The changes we face as we live our lives are the launching points for us to decide who we are and how we'll manifest or embody 
are love, fear, happiness, grief, wonder, gratitude, and sense of self. In this episode, I saw things that were going on with Gray and with Tilly representing the audience. And for me, really, Tilly was representing the audience, you know, uncomfortable with what is happening, a bit self-conscious to ask for help, even though she knows that she needs it. And even in her awkwardness, asking for help proves her strength by taking on new or different or out of comfort zone actions. That's what we've all done for such a long time during the pandemic. You know, we're finding out what we can do, what we can't do. It's finding out taking care of one's physical and mental health while being aware of those around you that might be dealing with the same. And that for me is our humanity. Commendations, palm leaf of Axanar Peace Mission, Grand Kite Order of Tactics, Class of Excellence, Frenteris Ribbon of Commendation. Okay, everyone, time for some awards, because we love to give awards, especially when there's nobody really here to receive them. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, Starfleet Commendations, you know, that moment of the show where we call out the, the two or three things that we think really stood out above the rest. Um, through a coin flip... It was determined that Sarah would go first. So, Sarah, you're up. Oh, boy. I win. Why didn't this happen when I played Kino last night? I know, right? It's always just so misdirected. Uh, I'm just going to give my one big shout out this week to, I mean, it's Mary. Mary Wiseman is just a treasure. And I, (laughs) this is, this is me being brutally honest here, but I don't watch TV often to learn a lesson or to relate. I just watch it for pure entertainment. Let me take a break from my real life and just relax. And she's just kind of getting in my face saying, no, you know what? We're going to, we're going to work through some stuff together. And, and her acting and her just subtle ways of delivering so much depth to a, a great character I, I just can't say enough about it. She's a she's a true treasure. Uh, without question, uh, Casey. I, I imagine that you may have some thoughts on uh, on some commendations. I do, my friend. Um, one, the showing on screen of female leadership. The president of Navarre, played by Tara Rosling, is so nuanced and authentic, and I dig every time that she's on the show because there's always good stuff. That comes with her. Sonia Son as Dr. Burnham consistently brings the goods in her performance. And Sheila Horsdal as the Federation president brings a whole nother dynamic to the series. But I, I really like seeing where we have so many women in leadership and it's different than all of the other series that have come before. Um, another commendation. Uh, the more we learn about Navarre, the better. As far as I'm concerned, I, I, I want to know so much more. This, this is what I go into an episode. Some of the Vulcans seem to be just a bit more open about emotions. And I, I want to know, it's like, how did the Romulans influence the society to deal with emotions? You know, just, just that whole combination going on. I think... The writers and producers have set themselves up here really nicely that if it's not going to be, you know, crisis of the year or towering inferno every season, that a, a, a deep dive into Navarre uh, would be something that I think they've set up for us nicely. 
that would be pretty amazing. Uh, for accommodations this week, I'm going to call out the visual effects team. You know, seeing the work that this team does week in and week out proves that this really is some of the best work on television today. Those scenes inside the uh, inside the moon, the giant cavern in the moon where the the aliens were, um, and you get that that sort of turbo lift scene where they're progressing up to where the uh, the controls are. That was just some cinematic quality that was amazing. Um, I, they continue to to blow me away with every single episode. And then my other commendation for the week just has to go to Mary Wiseman. You know, Tilly has clearly evolved from the wide-eyed cadet that she was in season one. And I truly appreciate the uncertainty with which the character is being portrayed now. Mary's work so far this season has been fantastic. And, and I'm here for it. She continues to be a bright spot for sure. Well, guys, that was pretty painless and, and pretty quick for all intents and purposes, but that's <laughs> going to do it for this week. It's, um, I'm so glad we had this chance to, to be together for a, a brief time. Tear. Oh, no crying, no single tears. You'll make us all tear up. It's great to have you back. Tear. It's not the same without you. Oh, thank you. It's, it's not the same without Dan, too, because well, uh, I'm sure yeah, we'll it's... get feedback to that effect. <laughs> positive feedback i have no love for him he's in the happiest place on earth and i'm just so jealous and i'll say it (laughs) i know i know he left you with me that's really what this comes down to if Um, he brings us presents back then it'll be okay if not he's dead to me (laughs) that's fair (laughs) uh but uh until the such time casey can you tell us what's coming up in episode four for star trek discovery Oh, my friend, I sure can. Next week, Tilly and Adira lead a team of Starfleet Academy cadets on a training mission that takes a dangerous turn while Burnham is pulled into tense negotiations on Navarre. It's episode four, All is Possible, and we will break it all down next week. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading to discoveringtrek.com. Guys, thank you so much for a great discussion this week. Um, Of course, we want to know what you, the listeners, think of our discussion. Hit us up on Twitter and give us your thoughts at Discovering Trek. We would love to hear from you. That does it for our discussion of Episode 3, Choose to Live, Romulans and Vulcans and Latinum-infused aliens. Oh, my. No. <laughs> As always, we want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to listen to us talk about Star Trek Discovery each and every week. We're truly glad to be back, and we wouldn't be here without your support. And thank you so very much. We'll be back next week to talk about Episode 4, All Is Possible. Until then, here are some words of wisdom from Mr. Spock in the TOS episode, Let That Be Your Last Battlefield. Change is the essential process of all existence. And until next week never stop discovering music for discovering trek is provided by five-year mission they're writing an original song for each episode of star trek hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net discovering trek is a production of coconut media works executive producers bill smith and dan davidson for more great star trek discussion discover the other shows of the trek geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in apple podcasts spotify or your favorite podcast app